It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, guys, as you may or may not know, tonight is the debut of episode one of 100 Days to Indy on the CW, 9 p.m. Eastern. And we're excited to announce that we're going to be doing a little thing in conjunction with the show, aren't we, Alex? Yeah, we're basically going to be um, expressing our opinions and judging people uh, excessively <laughs> based on their actions, words, comments, and performances. Um, so buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up. It's going to be a show. So every week after 100 Days to Indy airs, there will be a segment of this new little mini series we're putting together, recapping the show, discussing it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. The episodes will drop at exactly 10 p.m. Eastern, immediately at the conclusion of the broadcast. So Thursday, after you watch the show, pull out your phone, your computer, or your Apple Watch if you're one of those people. And make sure you check out our new series, Recapping 100 Days to Indy. And you don't even have to do anything. It's going to go directly where you already listen to Off Track. You can get it on your Off Track podcast feed. So, uh, you know, chime in, listen to us talk about it. You're welcome. off track with Hinch and Rossi. Take us away, Alex. No. (laughs) You know what's funny? I was actually, I texted Alex because I was in a pretty bad mood yesterday. And I just felt like there was an increasing level of of bullshit that I was dealing with. And finally, there was somebody at the grocery store. I like came with a full cart and I put something on the conveyor and then turned to go put the next things from the cart on the conveyor. And they put the divider right up against my first item and started unloading on theirs. And I just turned, I go, is this your first time at a grocery store? Are you? And I texted Alex. Nice. I go, I'm having an Alex Rossi day. I'm just, what did they like, say? They just uh, yeah, I'm, started, like moved their thing back. And I was just like, I felt terrible after I said it, but no. I was just like, yeah, this, this, must, be, yeah. this must no. be what Alex's entire existence is. <laughs> Hello and welcome <laughs> to another episode of Off Track where Tim is finally coming to embrace reality that society sucks. Oh, man. <laughs> People are all rude. Um, oh, man. On, the difference on, is but, I went home and I like I meditated for a bit and I reset and I was all good. Um, I feel like we need to give a huge shout out to everyone who came and supported us, supported IndyCar, supported the podcast, 
um, on a canceled day in Indianapolis, a rainy day in Indianapolis, which seems to be the case all too often when you try and drive Indy cars around IMS. Um, <laughs> all 50 of you or 45 of you or whatever came out to listen to us do a show, even though there wasn't any on-track action as kind of advertised. And I just want to say that meant a lot. And that's very kind of you guys. And we really hope that you enjoyed the time and we will definitely make an effort to continue doing those shows um, and and uh, give you guys an inside look as to what's going on. Yeah, it was awesome. And I mean, like, again, we advertised it as get, you know, come watch some indie cars, finish their test day and, and then hang out and watch a show. And half of that didn't happen with the yeah. indie cars being, being uh, rained out. I mean, frankly, a lot of the people that showed up, uh, myself included, were disappointed with the drivers for being such wusses and not getting out there because it was dry by the time we were there. I know <laughs> I it was in your call. I know it's a I was joke. Pretty, I was pretty annoyed that like I took my dogs for a walk at one o'clock and like the road was dry, and that was w- without the help of jet drivers. Right. Right. Yes. So. <laughs> no. But we we talked about this. I think there was probably a uh, a fairly strong influence from the team managers on this one as much as you know people were like well why did indycar call it so early i think they had a chat and they thought about the fact that everyone had just got back from long beach a couple days ago had to turn those cars over some of those cars then had to get turned back over for barber this weekend the thursday was extended by an hour and a half and the teams got tons of running on thursday so i feel like everyone was kind of like you know what just to wait around here to dry the track to run for two hours and incredibly cold and unrepresentative conditions probably isn't really worth anything. So let's call it. Uh, but it did not damper the spirits of the off track listeners who came. Uh, Tim, so it was great. Diplomatic James is pretty annoying sometimes, isn't he? Yeah, no, I can't. You know what? Just embrace Bro, the we had this. We <laughs> had this conversation. At the live show, you were like, why did IndyCar cancel it? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, did you think about the teams and explain all that? And even you were like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but it's more fun to bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I know. For I'm, you, it's like I'm coming thing. around. I'm coming around real hard. <laughs> oh, God. Now there's two of you. What are you? You're multiplying the hatred and anger and despair. Um, we also have a lot of people to thank. Yes, you're right. So those thank yous uh, are obviously Brent Cox, who was kind of the mastermind behind it all and, and uh, donated so much of his time and and efforts and the whole CGCPA's group, uh, Adam Cox, for his, his help with the website. Tammy, who kept everybody nicely lubricated at the bar. Uh, Prime 47, Indy Steakhouse, downtown Indianapolis, and Brad Schaefer for the food. And then, of course, Scott Molander for the suite um, that we needed to suite. sort of yeah. take over. <laughs> the other suite that we had to take over as a result. Uh, and there BMG were a lot of for, us. Yeah. Uh, for the AV. Yeah, no, it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. So thank you, everybody, for making it such a fun event. Because it was. It was a blast. Despite the, the crappy weather, it was uh, a heck of a night. And honestly, I want to say thank me for uh, making sure Tammy and Brent didn't have too much beer to take home. Because that would have okay, been heavy. so... You had one job, which was to check people in on your phone. You had like a little scanny thing to check people in. And yeah. people normally enter at the door, which is, you know, close yeah. to the door. I had to set up and everything else too. You yeah, spent no. a lot of time mingling with fans on the patio with a beer in your hand. And we were mm-hmm. constantly trying to find, hey, does anybody know where Tim is? Someone just walked in. We got to check them in. 
And, you know, I was, I would ask hey, you what the check work? tally was. Did You're it like, work? Oh, we had like 13 out of 40 checked in. I'm like, I don't know. There's way more than 13 people here. Oh yeah. Let me go walk around and see if I got to check some more people in. Hey, everything worked out just fine. Despite your best efforts. And also one more huge shout out to Connor Daly and Scotty Mack. Um, yes. Who, you know, again, as mentioned, the weather kind of put a damper on the original program. Tim made some last minute phone calls and, and, and called in some favors and brought in kind of two extra guys, which is just another I'm example. Sorry. Of, Tim did that? Tim? Yeah, I, that was news sorry. to me. Sorry, I met James. Um, <laughs> I, certainly, I was, was going to run with that credit. I, I like, know yes, you were. I, I know sure you were. Scott's number. I think, yeah, I think that's it a just, thing. <laughs> it highlights, you know, how much all IndyCar drivers care about the fan base. And I think it's such a, a a differentiating kind of factor that we have to honestly every other championship. Like there's no other there's no other series that I can think of where you're going to have two guys who, through no obligation of a team, a sponsor, they're not getting paid. They they literally have honestly infinitely better things to do with their time, and they decided to take time out of their day and come hang out with people who might want to meet them and take a picture and and share kind of their experience and their just happiness to be back at IMS. And I think that that just speaks volumes to who Connor and Scott are as people, but also who they are as, as IndyCar drivers. So big, big shout out to those dudes for, for coming by. hundred percent. Big thanks to them. Um, and also I know he didn't make it out, but that wasn't through like lack of desire. So Hunter Ray was also going to come out, but then his flight got, he got bumped up to an earlier flight to get out of there. So he couldn't make it, but he had also agreed Did you to come your jet. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. He just, he grabbed the chopper off the yacht to come pick him up. Oh. So he, uh, he managed we used to, to make home. fun of James for being the helicopter guy. I feel like we haven't done that in a while. No. Cause he's the jet Bahamas guy now. He's the you jet can't Bahamas take a helicopter to the Bahamas. You can take a jet. First of all, you can take a where, helicopter where did to my, the jet. You're the one with the plane. How, what the, how am I the jet guy? You actually <laughs> own an airplane. I don't, I don't have a jet. You ride on you jets have though. Your, you ride on jets sometimes. Every Not time you fly ones. commercially, I Mm-mm. yes you do, yes you do. Mm-mm. Not to the level yes, that James Hinchcliffe do. does. Uh uh-uh. uh. I, <laughs> I hate so much. I hate Big that you win in this. Jet I hate that my reaction is exactly what you want, <laughs> and I can't not do it. I hate you so much. You are a private plane guy all day. Every you fly private more than you fly commercial, dude. I love that you you made the accusation right when he was chewing, so he doesn't have time to respond. So let's just move on. How was testing? We're we're a food <laughs> podcast again. Um. Oh uh, yeah, I guess we didn't talk about that. Um. <laughs> well, hey, no, no, hang on, hang on. Are you are you flying commercial or private to Barber this weekend? I rest my case as I, I know. sit <laughs> in my layover in Atlanta. What is the charter? This is relatable with off track and hinge. Are, oh, are you, are, you, are you on the charter? Yeah. You're not flying so your wait, little buggy in, down? The charter, so that, when you guys talk about commercial the charter, IndyCar owns a plane? No, they do not. No, well, so, they do, that we are not allowed on. Okay. No, they, so they, they, they charter a jet. Yeah, they charter a, like a 737 that a bunch of the teams all pitch in on because everybody's flying. Well, most people are flying like 50 people. McLaren's flying like 382. So yeah, they kind of have their own car. Yeah. How do you have a hundred, why is it growing every weekend? 123 and maybe Barber? it's like 118. I don't know. 
good lord. Anyway, so yeah, IndyCar teams get together and 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 organize a charter. So yeah, that's not flying commercial. So you're technically flying private, and that's a jet. So you're flying on a private jet to Barber. You jerk. Anyway, how was testing, Alex? Please tell me how my experience is better as you're in first class on Delta having mimosas and back rubs. Wait, it's direct. They have back rubs on your first class? I didn't. Oh yeah, you don't rub. have you don't have back rub. But <laughs> yeah, because you're wearing sweats, so they're that? too concerned. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we got to talk about that. The fact that the the fact that Tim admitted on this show that he wore this was on the show and not at the live show, yeah. right? So people yeah. have heard this story, right? So yeah. how he fly he flew for the first time, L.A. to Indy or vice versa, whatever in sweatpants and is now committed to exclusively flying on airplanes in sweatpants. And very first trip after that show airs, a tweet comes out tagging Tim saying, can confirm that Tim has lived up to his promise of flying in sweatpants. You were spotted on day one. And I was literally, I was in the plane. It was before we took off when I saw that tweet. <laughs> and I'm sure, cause there was somebody who came up and was very nice. And he was like, Hey, you know, great work with uh, James and Alex. And I was like, thanks. They're total. Like I always say, whenever anybody approaches me about you guys. And uh, so I always think that that's really cool when, when people come up and, and talk to me about that. But then seeing that tweet, it was like, man, I am wearing those gray sweatpants again. And I just got totally called out. <laughs> yeah. yep. You're wearing gray? You don't even have the dignity to go black? I'm wearing black right now. I was wearing gray then. Dude, that's a bold move to fly in gray sweatpants. Because like gray shows a lot. <laughs> That, the what do you do gets a little warm <laughs> no, no, no no i'm all i'm saying is like if you if you spill a little bit or uh, if you're perverted like you two and you take a nap and then you wake up is that where you were going james because <laughs> that is not at all where i was going i thought he was gonna imply i was a messy eater and i was like yeah that is oh. fair <laughs> like, that is not where i thought we were going with it wow wow, wow. Yeah, no but it's true dude like gray sweatpants very, are very off revealing. Track. I mean, revealing. I feel like any sweatpants would be revealing in that particular no, scenario. No, it's, black, a, it's the pleads. It's black. Black, uh, <laughs> black is uh, slimming. Anyways. Wow. Testing. Uh, um, testing. Testing. One, two, three. Just, How did that go? Going, we're going right past that, huh? We're just going past on airplanes. Dude. Okay. Yes. We can't talk about that. That's against the rules. Um, Family show, Tim. It was, it was oh, awesome to, as always... Um, get back on track, get indie. The first lap is always like this mental battle of trying to be like cool Flat lap one <laughs> and not be a bitch. Um, so it's 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 crazy. Like there's so much of a, like this kind of unspoken pride and ego that goes along with showing up to Indianapolis first run first lap of the first run of the first day back and like you leave pit lane you're on race down force and your first run of the day going flat out through turn one you know and it's it's hard because you know you haven't you haven't been there in a year you know the car has a downforce to do it you know that for the most part like the car should be set up correctly but you're still like having this back and forth yin and yang kind of situation all the way from turn three through four as you're building speed, entering turn one for the first time. Like, am I going to do it? Am I not? And then you do it and you feel like 
the superhero and then you realize that also everyone else did it <laughs> and you're not as cool as you think you are but at least you're not the guy that lifted so, so but it, and it's, I, does that doesn't it's, go away extra... no never goes away because you're you're this is your seventh year james eighth. how many how many f- eighth year james how many 500s did you do less than i wanted to <laughs> 100 138 uh, james did 138 500 um that never it's always like that i guess it makes hey, maybe sense. it's just me You're, james oh, what that like that concern about going yeah. flat into the first like, lap 100 yeah. percent man there were right. like okay a million variables. Like, oh, I'm no, 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 no. Because, like, I guess when you're watching it from like a fan perspective, it. no, exactly. The, the point I was going to make is when you're watching it from a fan perspective, like, of course, it looks like it'd be terrifying. And, and like, of course, you would think, like, God, there, there isn't, there's no way I would be able to get over the mental block to ever do that. But then you think about you guys who, I just get curious if it does become old hat. Well, like no, if <laughs> because by lap three it's it's a non i mean okay. lap two when it does it once it's like you don't even think about it anymore but like, like there's but like i, I think i away would from maybe, it for 12 months i think right. i'd maybe hit like 100 i think that would be like like, like yeah yeah <laughs> like, what if something in the setup was a little off or what if yeah. there was some gust of wind that you weren't expecting or what if something had changed in the last 12 months you just don't know right so yeah after lap three there's not really a lot of concern until you know, on like last lap of a fuel fuel stint and your tenth in traffic sort of thing, but yeah, no, that first time is always like, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> like these are professional people that engineered and set up this car. So let's let's also just remember that there is absolutely nothing to gain by doing it, and so much to lose if it goes wrong. Like it is I mean, objectively the dumbest thing that we should do. What's the worst that could happen, James? Exactly. <laughs> Let me yeah, show there, you my collection dude, of scars. You, can't, you cannot say there is something. I guarantee you there are engineers and team bosses and whatever out there that slightly judge someone a little bit if they live. There's God. I I'm not, I do. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. I'm not like saying if I see there's in the data, nothing ha-ha, to gain. You're an idiot. You couldn't do it. And then what? Nothing. And then I what? Just, and then nothing. No, I mean, but like, yeah, if no. you crash the car, it's really bad. Now, I've never seen somebody do that. So that's how you know race down for it. I guess, I guess not it's on, like, not I, on a first lap. Oh, it was like the third. But that I was, guess the that reason I was asking was because no. you guys, <laughs> you guys always have such a like warped view of things. I mean, James, I was there out in the hallway when you woke up in 2015 and your first concern was like, yeah, when can I get back in the car? So it's like, yeah, no, I'm asking the questions not because I think it's like you guys are bitches or anything. It's just like your, your thinking on this is so warped from what I think anybody else would think of it. It's fascinating to hear that there is still some hesitation because it just seems like you don't, you guys don't have hesitation about anything. Just the one lap. After just the one lap. Just uh, the one. Yeah, <laughs> just the one. So, all right. So, Alex, so first time on the speedway with the new car. Uh, very long day. Eight and a half hours of track time. Plenty of tires. Kind of everyone assuming that Friday was going to get brained out. So, how was your program? How was the car? How would you feel? More downforce available this year per IndyCar's rules, which hopefully will make the racing better. Thoughts on that? Just give us the 30,000-foot view of your day successful i mean it 
we this is not like a a diplomatic ring around answer. Oh man, right? diplomatic like, Alex is such a oh, I hate this guy's boring. No, no, no. But like it is it is this is the hardest track on earth to have any concept of like where you stack up. You know, you, you can tell kind of in group running a little bit. We didn't do very much of that. I only did one kind of 25 lap group run. It wasn't great. Um, but in terms of like when you look at timesheets at the end of the day, those are irrelevant. When you kind of look at, you know, how you were in a group, like sometimes that's relevant, sometimes it's not because different fuel loads, power settings, tire life, like it all has such a, because Indy is, is such a game of tens of miles an hour, right? It's all of these variables are just 10x the importance that they are at like a normal, on normal racetrack you go to. So the positives are, you know, we got through everything we tried to get through. The car was you know, very something very similar to what I've driven in the past, which, you know, is isn't a surprise. You know, these are both cars, both teams I drove for were cars that were challenging for the win at the end of last year. Like it wasn't going to be terrible. Um, and I think the the biggest thing was, you know, there's there's a lot on ovals in terms of like the feel of the steering wheel and the offset that you have going down the straight. That's all very driver and team dependent but like that was pretty much as i had been used to so there wasn't much work in terms of getting that um up to my liking so we were able to to get to work straight away and um yeah i mean obviously everyone would have liked to have had another day despite how how long and how many laps returned on day one um but it was successful the extra downforce you know it's hard to say at the moment you know i think a lot of people spend the first day trying to be as similar as they were to last year to understand like of any developments that they made in the off season, like what effect did they have good or bad? Um, we tested a couple of the different components that added more downforce. They are more grip. They are also slower as you would expect. Um, I didn't test different components yet in traffic, so it's still very early days, but I think um, everything is, is pointing towards it's going to be, incredibly competitive and qualifying again it'll be a, a very fast field i don't see any reason why it's going to slow down this year um and then i think adding downforce we've we've talked a lot about how successful and good that was at texas and i think that that'll be the exact same thing at indy so it's all good yeah i mean i know you said you didn't do a lot of race running but you probably watched a little bit of it it looked certainly yeah. from from where I was sitting, that cars were following a bit closer, looked a bit racier. And the, the most important thing is further in the line, right? Further in the pack, it seemed like cars could make moves. Yes, I think there's certainly an inherent characteristic of this car um, that the first kind of end of the car to give up is the front. Um, and you have these kind of big washout understeers. I don't think, you know, yes, downforce will help. But really, I mean... This all came as a result of the aero screen. We haven't changed the tire um, to really compensate for that extra weight and the, the weight distribution change. We haven't changed the front wing. So none of these are going to like resolve the problem. They're all kind of be, it, the, all these downforce options are little band-aids. Um, but I, I think the same characteristics are what they've been for the past several years. It's you get a run, you get a little too close and the front just takes off and, and you have to lift to not crash. Neat. <clears throat> Not crashing is fun. <laughs> super. Um, super duper. Uh, yes, wonderful. Okay, so test was successful. Thanks to everybody who tuned in to our marathon eight and a half hour 
broadcast on Peacock. That was uh, that was quite a, an experience. Uh, props to my boy Lee Diffie and Kevin Lee and Marty Snyder down in the pits. We were very proud to get 35 of the 33 drivers um, on track that day. Who was you heard 30, that right? I, well, Stefan Wilson wasn't driving, so that's 34. Uh, Stefan Wilson was super driving. Sorry, I met R.C. Anderson. R.C. Anderson was not driving, and uh, Marcus Armstrong was there uh, hanging out with the Ganassi squad. Is so he... even he's not driving in the race, but he drives for the team. So we had 35 drivers out of 33 on track, which we were very proud of. Um, and yeah, so great day all around. And then we head to Babel this weekend. Alex's favorite track. Alex's favorite. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Iowa or Barber, which do you hate more? Barber. Okay, so Alex's favorite track. Uh, although the last couple of years you've done better, you've been more competitive, uh, and you're stepping into the car that won the race last year pretty convincingly. So feeling good, pal? Um, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Like, this is... Um, <clears throat> I mean, I hate to keep bringing this up, but this will be, you know, day kind of two on a road course with this team. So yeah. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, the car obviously qualified third last year, um, won the race. Um, the previous year it was on pole. So it's it's competitive. Um, and that's really all there is to say. Like, I, we'll just have to see what it's like when we get out there. Should be yeah, fine. fair enough. I guess <clears throat> this is kind of like, 
it's really the last, I mean, I guess it's still short oval, but like it's kind of the next big box you have to check, right? By doing your first proper road course. I know you did a thermal test, but that was such a, you know, disaster issues for you. Yeah. Like you didn't really get to test anything. Right. Um, so this is like, like, does the car run? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not on the first day, but but we can't see any of the telemetry. So that's not good. Uh, so yeah, so it will be interesting to kind of see a, just how you feel in it, you know, the team's competitiveness, your comfort in the setup that Pato and Felix have developed and stuff like that. So it's going to be certainly something we're focusing on up on the NBC side of things. So that'll be fun. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. That's that's great. What's the, what's, what's the weather like? (laughs) Dude, the weather, the weather's a little bit, uh, wild. I think there's going to be, it's all thunderstorms. So like, it's going to be that hit and miss, but if it hits, it's legit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're going to at least have one practice session wet. I think qualifying there's the potential and really the only time that's guaranteed to be dry is Sunday. Um, which would be hilarious if the first time that anyone drives the dry track is in the race, but it'll be not so the first awesome. time it's happening. I, yeah. I would love that. I would love that from my perspective. It would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, actually, it's always, a I mean, fun always, track in the wet, though. Yeah, I did a warm up there um, in the wet in like 2018. Uh, surprising amount of grip. Uh, so that that's something that you know we we get so few wet weather events in IndyCar. Like it's it's really a shame. You know, I think that I've I've done in eight years in the championship two wet races. Um, so I think, you know, it'd be awesome. It adds to the, it adds to the show. It adds to the drama. Barber always is a pretty chaotic race. You know, there's a very clear line between two and three stop strategies. Both can be effective. Um, both have been successful in the past. It all kind of depends on when a yellow comes that the passing there, despite it being a fake motorcycle track is really good. Yeah. I mean, tire deg is usually pretty big, which is great for racing. The The delta between the alternates and the primaries is pretty big, which is good for racing. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a track that on paper, when you look at it, you think this is going to be terrible for Indy cars, but it actually ends up racing really, really well a lot of the time. Uh, you've raced in the wet there. I just remember 2018 was a wet race. Okay. <laughs> so you've actually, you've actually, it raced was very in the wet memorable there. for him, obviously. That, that was one of your two, apparently. Yeah. And then Barber, NDGP last and then year? NDGP last year. No, but there was another NDGP. Well, there was an NDGP that started dry and went wet with like... Wasn't Detroit... Or something. What year was Detroit wet? Where Marco I mean, switched early? No, it started, it started wet. But 15. It was like I think that was before he got la- there. No, no. It was 2019. It was 11 laps and then it went dry. So like... Oh, yeah. It's not... I'm, yeah. I'm talking about like legit wet races. From yeah, yeah. Yeah, start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, Barber 18 was so wet we had to run it on Monday and it was still wet. We got rained that's out true. on Sunday. Oh, you remember that because that's when you pissed yourself. That's when <laughs> oh, I pissed right. myself. right. That's when yeah. you peed in the car. It's all coming God, back you know, to me. I think we should have on to interview for, for this show. Will. Whoever had to clean the pee out of your car. Because I know it yeah. wasn't you. Well, there was so much no, water that it was probably diluted. That's just it. A, a, it was all water that came out of me, right? Like I was overhydrated. <laughs> so they're like, it was just pure water that came out anyway. And the whole car was soaked. So you couldn't really tell, but Nick and Cole would probably argue that you could tell. And <laughs> I did offer to help. 
they sent me pictures just being jerks of them in like hazmat masks with you know paper <laughs> towel and like a spray bottle and rubber gloves cleaning out the thing but that uh, was still the yes. only time that was still the only time that espn asked if they could use some audio from this podcast <laughs> when they <laughs> the p heard round the world as yeah, it were well times. cool well i'm excited to uh get there sorry what are you gonna say so alex if you want to help out the podcast if you could just take a in your car this weekend that would be <laughs> that would be really good for us alex <laughs> i feel like i've asked you this before have you ever sneezed in your helmet oh yeah on all track? the time yeah, you're the only person I've ever spoken to that has said that they've sneezed on the racetrack. Dude, it must be. I I mean, it's every weekend. What? Like like while oh. you're driving or like? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, both. But it's it. Are you I mean, allergic I would to I would arg- arguably say every time I'm on track. What is yeah. happening over here? Yeah, I have not found another driver that's said they've sneezed while like maybe under a yellow but like not under race conditions or green flag conditions especially with like it's gotten worse at the aero screen because we have all of this forced forced air air. into the helmet and like i do not do well at all with dust and pollen like i just personally struggle like it dries out my throat my eyes get all messed up and like it's bad so yeah i I mean i mean in the in the when it's away. cold, no, but almost every time it's hot, yeah. I guess it's just that because is... the 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 dust or whatever the pollen, whatever's, I don't know. Yeah, dude. Like man, I, I, I sneezed mean, at IMS. Um, on the oval, you're sneezing at 220 oval. miles an hour. Yeah, man. Especially in the beginning, with how dirty the track was, dude, it was, it was like super ridiculous. dusty at the start. Yeah, so is it like is it is it worse on street courses because they're just inherently dustier, or is yeah. it worse like in Barber in April when it's like pollen central? Yeah, Barber probably sunny you, and hot, and it like yeah hasn't rained recently. Then yeah, I'll probably be pretty screwed. Well, luckily it's going to rain the entire time, so you won't be screwed until the race. Wheat, right? Oh man, but yeah, no, that, I, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, uh, it's very normal. Yeah. Well, apparently okay, not. Some, if uh, James says not. nobody else does it, yeah, I would I'm think there'd to be something about pulling. like the adrenaline that would stop your body from doing that. Yeah, it, it's like your body just knows. Not now, not now. We're gonna figure Why, this out later. Wrong. Because like, you got to close so your when eyes you, when, you when you sneeze. You involuntarily close your eyes. That's oh, like what they oh. say. The best if you ever get into like a fender bender on the street you just have to say that you sneezed and you are like less culpable somehow because it was an involuntary like bodily function to close your eyes <clears throat> so i've heard someone told me i don't know probably not don't do that though um so we're racing in alabama this weekend uh nascar race in alabama last weekend yeah um any yeah. any thoughts comments concerns on dega so, like most NASCAR races, I don't really watch anything until the end. Um, Bubba Wallace, for me, is, yes, on plate racing, it's very difficult to win a race kind of at the end, coming to the line as the leader. You know, the draft is so big. There's cars, there's lines that are pushing. You got to make these moves that are these blocks and 
you got to you got to be aggressive and and unfriendly. And I don't I don't know that I necessarily have a problem with that. But the 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 lack of like kind of I'm just going to say it. the lack of skill that I think it showed the way he did it was like his first move. So for those that weren't watching, um, it was Kozlowski, right? Or no? Who no, was, it was Blaney. Uh, Blaney. Um, Blaney was was behind him, had a run, and he was kind of on the bottom. Bubba and him were on the bottom. Or Bubba was kind of in the middle. Blaney was on the bottom. And Bubba's first move was like a big chop to the bottom. And it was such a big chop that like he overdid it and like overextended below the yellow line, which isn't against the rule. Yeah, but he was like, on the apron. You don't, it's, hey, you don't, it's risky. <laughs> right. You don't try and do that. Like that wasn't intentional. And then Blaney kind of obviously would have seen that coming, moved back up to the top. And then Bubba went so aggressive again, kind of touched Blaney and ended up spinning himself. Blaney was totally, the car he was trying to block ended up carrying on and finishing second. And Bubba spun and caused this big mayhem, melee crash, took a lot of cars out. And it's just like, dude, like I don't have a problem with you blocking for the win or trying to, to do it to, to defend your spot to go win Talladega. That's fine. But like, just do it better. Like it just was, it, it, it was a very bad job. It, well, and it was just, it was, it was sad for all the guys who were affected by it. Like he spun himself out trying to block. Look, Blaney. that's, I mean, that's not new in plate racing, right? What that's like the, the, usually the guy with the run just keeps your foot buried and whatever happens, happens. My issue with it was like, I've got nothing against Bubba. I, you know, I, I like seeing him running up there. I like seeing that team running up there. I like Denny. I like that his team's doing well, but I've never driven one of these cars, right? I've never driven a plate race, any of that stuff. Oh, I've watched oh. enough and talked to enough of these guys that I know that with this new car, they don't take the hit quite as easily or as as well as they used to. And so in the middle of the corner to throw a block, that second block, like you said, like he did, when the car is absolutely on the most edge, I don't know what he expected to happen, right? So like, I get if you're on the home stretch and you're coming through the trioval and a guy the moves, you do what's, move what Cindric did at the 500. Exactly. Yeah. That I get it. I get it. In the middle of the corner, as late as he moved, like Blaney did his move and was out there and he just, I mean, just drove into him kind of. I don't know what, I don't know what outcome he was expecting. So like yeah. when all the drivers say like, it's really hard to line these things up and hit right. And we saw earlier in the race, guys, like just off the corner, right? Like not even like I, almost in a straight line get a get a bumper just a little bit wrong fired the car to the to the inside or the outside or whatever happened to logano near the end of the race and so i just i don't know what he thought the outcome was going to be surely it's better to like let him have that run and then try to figure out if your line can get a good head of steam going like there were still two corners to go you know like they still had the second half of the track so i'm just not sure what the what he thought the outcome was going to be of that move uh, and that's a bummer. And and ultimately, I feel bad for Blaney too because he had such a great race. He had had a dominant car. He's in this winless streak that he has admitted is kind of getting to him a little bit and knocking his confidence a little bit. Uh, and he had a great shot at it. And Kyle Busch ended up being kind of right place, right time as those two got together, checked up a bit, and he snuck ahead. So when the yellow came out, Kyle wins the race. Um, 
So I, I feel bad, a little bit bad for Blaney. And those two are friends. Like they'll talk it out and it'll be fine. But yeah, it was just, it was a bummer. It was, it's a bummer for Bubba and his crew that they didn't get at least a good result. It's a bummer for Blaney and his crew that they didn't get the win. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is funny how like I'm with you, like you don't tune into those races until 20 to go because why dude, did you see the Larson yeah. hit? Oh my God. Not, not live, but I saw the, the replays obviously. Yeah. Man, that was an enormous hit. Just came basically straight. He got hooked to the left, came back right broadside to the field coming at him at, you know, 200 miles an hour or whatever it was. Yeah. And who was it that hit him? Was it priest? I don't know. But I mean, there was some, whether it was Xfinity or cup, like there were some big hits at Talladega this weekend. Like thankfully everyone was, was totally fine. Again, shows the advancement of of safety across all motorsports platforms. But I mean, there was some, some massive ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like we looked at what was left of the right side of Larson's car after that hit. And like, again, I think it was priest. I, I apologize if I'm getting that wrong, but whoever hit him, like he hit him so hard, his visor popped open in a forward impact. Like it just, the force was so much so that, I mean, he's going to be sore tomorrow. Larson's well, by tomorrow, I mean, yesterday, <laughs> Larson's going to be sore yesterday, but, uh, yeah, very, very grateful that NASCAR's pushed the safety on that side of things as well as they have. And, uh, <clears throat> and everybody's okay. So guys, if you're listening to this, the day it's coming out, which is Thursday, sorry, Jim, you need something? Sorry. Yeah. I had, uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up cause I saw it on Instagram yesterday. Um, Susie Weldon announced that a documentary about uh, Oliver and Sebastian Weldon kind of following in their dad's footsteps has gotten into the Tribeca Film Festival this June. Awesome. Yeah. So cool. I, I don't, I uh, don't sent know that to a few people and just said, I'll send, I'll What's send happening? you the post. So I guess There's they've a- been doing a, a documentary about the Weldon boys, you know, following in, in Dan's footsteps and getting into racing. It's amazing. And uh, yeah. So it got, to, it got to Tribeca? Yeah. It's going to be in the Tribeca Film Festival this June. Amazing. I, I said that to a few people and just said, oh, cool. So I'm going to cry. Like, this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You can just yeah. assume that's happening. Yeah. Um, but no, it's incredible for, for Susie and the boys to kind of, you know, let someone in to help tell that story. And, you know, it's obviously sprinkled with flashbacks of Dan's career and, and his influence. And, um, I'm super excited to see it and, and really proud of all three of them for, you know, being part of this. I think for the last two years they've been filming and, uh, and yeah, for it to get into Tribeca is huge. I, I think, think it's, three it's, years. It's, they said they started in 2020. I think it's so amazing and I, I unfortunately didn't get the the opportunity to meet Dan and I've only had very rare or limited interactions with Susie, you know, driving for Andretti and, and she's obviously a part of that family. Um, but like, I know how nervous my mom was to to have me start racing and, and to go through that process and, and to this day still is. Same. And I think, right. And I think it's just such an amazing testament to her and, you know, how, how badly she wants to, to see her two boys like kind of chase their dreams and achieve what they want to do despite you know all of the struggles that them as a family have had to deal with like that's it's just a it's she's just a remarkable person and it's very very cool and i'm glad that it's getting it's the first i've heard about it but i'm so glad it's getting its kind of publicity if that's the right word or or at least the people are going to get to know the story the recognition no the recognition recognition and get to know um dan because you know he he 
left such a huge impact that even I have heard stories of of him and and how awesome of a guy he was. And I didn't even I didn't even get the chance to meet him. So that's that's very very cool. Yeah, very exciting for those guys. Um, going to be fun to watch. And yes, it's going to be probably a tearjerker. Um, and then speaking of, I love crying in public. Oh, it's the bad. Have you ever done it? I don't feel like that's a you. Uh, well, I can think of I one. There were some tears. Just, there was tears. Just in the one. Just the one. Um, so speaking of documentary style film type things, Ooh. again, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out or on the day, yeah, oh, yeah. Thursday, tonight, Thursday, the 27th of April, nine o'clock Eastern on the CW is the premiere of 100 Days to Indie. And I cannot and the- wait to see what the feedback is. And the debut of what is going to be a just door full of endorsements from gym companies to Joseph Newgarden. Yeah. I don't think people are ready for what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, I haven't even seen the episode, but I've seen clips. And uh, my goodness, he mm-hmm. should work out more. Yeah. It's, <laughs> He's a little out of shape. I'll give yeah, him some it's, tips. It's I'll a little embarrassing. Pretty shameful. He's spending so much time, you know, at work and with his family and all this stuff because he really needs to hit the gym. It's uh, he's letting himself go. I don't want to say dad bod, but like, mm, wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So if you yeah, if you're if you haven't been following along on social media and you're into (laughs) insanely (laughs) jacked athletes gratuitously working out on camera, you're going to love what the CW has to offer. Uh, with 100 I mean, Days to Indy. I say, I say this with with the utmost like <laughs> heterosexuality that I can, but man, he looks good. He like, looks oh, dude, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he Joseph looks like Newgarden the Russian dude. Great. <laughs> he looks like the Russian dude from Rocky. Like, I yeah, mean, he's he just looks like he would, he would blonde be haired, yeah. blue eyed, chiseled features, jacked. He's a little to too old. He's a little too pale for me, but other than that, <laughs> makes a lot of boxes. It's <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Nordic blood, you know, keeping him, uh, <laughs> keeping him youthful, keeping him youthful. Right. But no, uh, yeah, it's it's the show's great. I'm I'm really excited. It's funny because they did that premiere at uh, at Long Beach, and they've done another one subsequently uh, here in Indy. But everybody that's seen it, they're racing people, right? They're racing fans. They know yeah. the sport. They know the people involved. They know everything. And so, frankly, their opinions don't mean anything to me. I care about the people that are kind of neophytes and are just going to trip across this, you know, at home or whatever. Um, because I'm just, yeah, I'm super curious to see what, what those people think. It's exactly what happened to me with full swing, right? I'm not a golf person. And I watched that and I was like, all right, I kind of understand golf now. And I like some of the people involved and I'm still not going to like watch it, watch it, but like, I kind of get it. And maybe I'll watch I mean, it one day. It got to the point where you and I have discussed uh, getting lesson group lesson couples lessons together. Yes, um, exactly right. So. And and on the group chat last night, we like maybe talked about potentially wanting to go to a specific hole at a, at one given golf tournament. I mean, one not day. really for golf. Just well, no, but I'm still. But hey, people go to the 500 for the snake pit. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, so guys. If you're listening to this on Thursday, tune in, tell your friends. If you're listening to this after the fact, hope you watched it and loved it. If you didn't, go watch it and tell your friends. And um, this is episode one of six. So it's going to be quite a story. Um, and, and we've said this before, but really giving you 
um, a true legitimate inside look is as to what it means to, to be an IndyCar driver through the first couple races of the season leading into the biggest race on earth. So uh, check it out. That's it. That's uh, again, 9 p.m. Eastern Thursday on the CW. And then, of course, make sure you tune in this weekend to Barber Motorsports Park, as always on NBC on Sunday. And we wish Alex the best of luck. And I can't wait for next week to talk about your favorite track and how it went. We'll try not to suck. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Tim. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.